scumbags! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenzi, the pips, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between throwing it down. The Twisted Tuesday has begun as the march towards the Los Angeles Dodgers' seventh World Series championship has begun as well. An 8-3 win for the Los Angeles Dodgers. And there's an expression uh, amongst the uh, coaches uh, in the sports uh, world Uh, Big players make big plays in big games. That's exactly what the Los Angeles Dodgers big players have been doing. Mookie Betts delivers once again. Mookie Betts goes deep. Cody Bellinger uh, goes deep. Clayton Kershaw steps up and in with a rock-solid postseason performance. Oh, but there's postseason Kershaw, you know, after a walk in the first inning. You see Twitter lights up. Oh, there's postseason Kershaw. Uh, Well, I'll tell you what, Clayton Kershaw Gets it done uh, this evening, and if you're going to hate, uh, you better uh, you better recognize after the fact. And listen, Kershaw's going to get lost uh, in the shuffle because the Dodgers' offense steps up and uh, mauls the race, puts an eight spot up on the board. Uh, but Clayton Kershaw gets called out repeatedly. Uh, give some love for Clayton Kershaw. Los Angeles Dodgers uh, bats uh, the difference. And I don't know about you, but it sort of just feels like a Super Bowl that's a blowout about to happen. We'll find out after tomorrow's game where this series is going, but it just has that feel, doesn't it? Like, to me, it almost feels like Seattle and Denver. You know how, like, there's there's always, like, that upstart team? <laughs> there's always an upstart team, usually from the NFC, that makes it to the Super Bowl, the Panthers. Uh, like, you know, like I think, you know, maybe they are. Panthers, one of the best teams in the league uh, that year that make it to the Super Bowl. They suck in the Super Bowl. They're overwhelmed. And we're not going to write Tampa off. Tampa have been a resilient uh, baseball team. But the Dodgers have been in the World Series, man. It's their third World Series in the last uh, four years. Uh, they've got a lot of players that have been there. Uh, they've felt the pain. Uh, they have the postseason experience uh, right now. And you could tell Tampa was a little rattled uh, early. But Tampa's been great off of losses all season long. Tampa's been great off of losses all postseason long as well. Uh, but we're not playing in uh, your uncle's uh, beer league, softball league uh, right now. Tampa's not used to dealing with teams that steal bases, at double steals. Uh, you know, we're playing in the senior circuit now, son. We're going to crunch the, the numbers, get in all the odds. Steve Merrill, our numbers guy, steps up and in. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Going to ruin your appetites. I'm buying lunch for everybody on me. What's the occasion? I'm rich. I won my bets on the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, and I chunked it all on a hockey game, and I won that. All right, all right. How much did you win? 116 bucks. What a windfall. Yeah. Yeah, I still feel tingly. Sports rage late night. I am a Ramsey. It's a twisted Tuesday. 
as uh, we follow Game 1 of the World Series, a Game 1 of which the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, win uh, 8-3. Game goes over the uh, the number 7.5. Uh, the Dodgers were minus 210 series uh, favorites before first pitch uh, tonight, and FanDuel has already dealt a number uh, for the series right now. The Los Angeles Dodgers are now minus 375 uh, to win uh, the World Series. Uh, we talked about the series spread earlier in the night uh, tonight. One and a half uh, was minus um, minus one fifteen. Uh, one and a half. I thought the Dodgers uh, would win this series uh, by more than one and a half. Um, now it's still one and a half. You can still get the Dodgers minus one eighty two. If you don't think this series is going to go seven games and you think the Dodgers going to win, let's bring in our numbers man right now. Wager Talk Pro Sports Info dot com in the house. Steve Merrill steps up and in. What's up, Steve? Hey Gabe, how you doing? We're doing uh, we're doing good, Steve. Because uh, I went six and zero in the baseball game. Uh, we crushed it uh, nice. tonight, and I'm a Dodger fan, so I like the start of the yeah, World I was say Series. Seven and zero. Why? Because I'm a fan. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, if you went six and zero and the Dodgers won, which is kind of an additional win for you, right? Yeah, yeah. I I baked that into the cake, Steve. Yeah, I uh, I expect to win. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the thing when, you know, I know about you. I'm sure you're the same way. I know you're a perfectionist, but I don't really get all that happy about winning. I'm like sort of like, yeah, all right, I won, you know, and like, but losing will really upset me. You know, Bobby Knight won like 900 basketball games or whatever the hell it is, right? He was the winningest coach. I think Coach K passed him. But um, they asked Bobby Knight uh, about like, can he remember, like, does he remember the, the games? And Bobby Knight could recite every loss. He lost like 250 times or whatever, give or take, in that ballpark, Steve. He basically started rattling off how he remembers every loss. Like, everything. Yeah, like, in, you know, 74, we lost at Army. <laughs> like, when I was at Army, we lost. And, like, he remembers, like, everything. And they said, what about the wins? He's like, no idea. <laughs> no idea. Like, he really didn't remember a lot of the wins. But he totally remembers the losses. I think a lot of you know, I think a lot of gamblers are like that as well, Steve. I know I am. Yeah, and in fact, in 1979, some psychologists, Common uh, and Traversky, did some famous studies for the stock market, Ooh. and uh, they basically proved. I think they actually won a Nobel Prize at some point um, that you feel more pain quicker from a loss than joy, basically, or pleasure from a win. And uh, it's something I've always remembered. And there's no question that applies uh, to sports betting as well. You know, I've always talked about the analogies between financial investing and the sports markets. And you're exactly right. And that's human nature. Um, a win does not feel as good as a loss. They're not equal. Wow. It's, it's really an uphill battle we're playing, Steve, this game, then, I tell you. So, all right, so the Dodgers are now right. minus 375. And we have a minus 110 juice built in. I know, <laughs> like to feel pain. We're paying for pain, Steve. In other words, something. I might as well go to a. Uh, I might as well go to like a dungeon and get get something out of it, Steve. You know what I mean? To get some, uh, you know, hey, yeah, have exactly. some fun. If I want that, have some fun. So, uh, but now that the Dodgers are minus three seventy five, and you know, Steve, it was. I'm pretty. I'm very realistic about the Dodgers. Like, I'm not one of these guys. Oh yeah, they're they're gonna win. They're gonna win every year. But they're they're a damn good team. And I thought coming in, and we'll see. We'll see if it carries over into tomorrow because I think it was sort of it played into tonight, but I would expect Tampa to be much more relaxed tomorrow. They were up tight early in the game. You could tell they were tight. 
And, you know, you could tell that Glasnow got rattled. He was nervous. It's the World Series. You know, the Dodgers have played in this, their third World Series in the last four years. You know, they got Mookie Betts on the team now, who's, you know, the guy's, what, been MVPs of World Series. So they've got guys, I believe, I think it was, I think he was an MVP. Uh, but, you, you know, you get where I'm going with this. So we'll see, you know, game two if they're a little bit calmer. But to me, the Dodgers' past failures sort of helps them in a way. You know, some t- some people will get their will broken after losing repeatedly like that. But it seems like the Dodgers, like they're not playing around, man. Like every at-bat is serious. I just like the focus. I know it's only one game, but they look to me like a team that's not messing around. And, like, they, they re- I think they know, man. They're not going to get to the World Series every year. They got to win this year. I like the way they play tonight. Yeah, and I think it's not a coincidence that when, you know, a team comes back from a 3-1 deficit like they did against Atlanta that they kind of get a second life, you know. You feel like you're playing on borrowed time at that point, and then you factor in all their dysfunction the last seven-plus years in the playoffs, including, you know, what, three of the last five years in the World Series. Um, Yeah, I don't think they're going to take their foot off the gas. You know, I kind of felt like these are two good teams. They're both power-hitting teams, um, so maybe the zigzag would work here in this series, but – I don't know. I mean, Tampa might be a little over their head here. The Dodgers haven't come up big yet in the World Series in recent years. They have so much experience being here, whereas Tampa doesn't. And then something else to keep in mind, Gabe, I don't know how much of a factor it was tonight, but the Dodgers just played seven games in the stadium, you know, and they didn't have to leave. They got one day off. They stayed here. Tampa had to travel in from California, even though they had the extra day. Um, So this is basically like home games for the Dodgers because they've been in this park for the past two weeks. That's a good point. Uh, Joe Buck brought it up uh, tonight. He basically stated the Dodgers are in the Rangers clubhouse and they've made it their own. Like the Dodgers have been there for a while now. They're they're comfortable. It's like their home park. They're very, very comfortable there. I, you know, I, I do think that it, it, it comes into play. And you, as you mentioned, I just get that feeling like, I don't know about you, Steve, but I got the feeling for the last couple of days, you know, we knew the matchup. Um, I was sort of thinking, yeah, it's going to be a real battle, man. It's going to go seven games. It's going to be a battle. But it was around like 6 o'clock tonight when we really were breaking down the game, and we really started to break it down on game time decisions and the series. And I said, you know, I kind of think the Dodgers are going to roll them, guys. And Cam was surprised. He was like, you think they're going to roll them? I said, yeah. Like, it would have shocked you if the Dodgers win in five. I didn't call sweep, but I said, you know, the Dodgers win in five, maybe six. Uh, six games, and and as you stated in over their heads, you look at Tampa, Steve, and you sort of realize it tonight, and you look at the Dodgers, Tampa's a talented team, they do all the right things, they play smart and stuff, but, like, dear God, the Dodgers are just loaded, Steve, with, like, superstar, like, young stud star players, one after another. John Schmoltz talked about it during the broadcast, about how all the Dodger hitters, they just, it wears you out. It's relentless. Like one guy after another, you get through, all right, I got through bets. All right, Bellinger's up next. Like it's not a fun time for a pitcher and you make a mistake and then they make you pay for it. They put it over the fence, Steve. And it, I think, you know, you saw Tampa realize, holy crap, these guys are good. And you sort of just look at the talent and Tampa's a great team, Steve. They won a bunch of games this year, best team in the American League. But man, the Dodgers just have so much more talent than they do. Player by player, Steve, come on. 
Exactly. I mean, the thing with Tampa, uh, with with the Dodgers, as opposed to any other team in baseball, including Tampa, is there's just no easy out in that lineup. And when things start to go bad for a starting pitcher like Glass now in the fifth inning tonight, he was, by the way, through 112 pitches. I think that was a season high. He was wearing down. There's just no easy out. And he was at the bottom half of that order and getting pounded still. You know, most teams, seven, eight, nine hit. I mean, Bellinger is batting sixth. You know, there's not many teams that have a guy like him hitting sixth. So, um, there's just no easy out, and you're exactly why. And that's why they were able to put up the runs like they did this year. And it's another amazing phenomenon that continues to work, and that's to play the Dodgers minus one-and-a-half run line or just play the other team outright at plus money. And once again tonight, they win by a margin. They cover as plus money on that minus one-and-a-half run line as opposed to laying minus 160 on the game price. Um, I think that's hit like eight of the last ten games in the playoffs now. They've either won by two or more, or they've lost outright, and that's how it was the whole regular season. Yeah, it's a good point. I thought about that during the game, Steve, because I talked about that earlier uh, when they were playing San Diego. I brought it up about how when the Dodgers win, like they put up a bunch of runs. Like they don't play a lot of one-run games, these guys. They'll either be flat and off and you'll get them or or they're going to kick the crap out of you. (laughs) Tonight, Tampa got the crap kicked out of them. But Tampa's been resilient. All right, we'll break it down on the other side. Steve Merrill, wager talk in the house, bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Guillermo, that team sure did suck last night. They just played sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Sports Rage Late Night continues. Steve Merrill kicking it uh, with us. Dodgers now minus 375 series uh, favorites after winning tonight's uh, game one, 8-3 final score. Kershaw uh, gets the W. Uh, Rays uh, plus 300. As far as the length of series right now, the series, Dodgers sweep is plus 400. Uh, Dodgers in five is plus 240. Dodgers uh, in six is plus 230. Dodgers in seven plus 250. And, and a lot of stuff I want to throw at you here, Steve. So number one here, it really hasn't moved all that much, Steve, even after the win, dude. It has and it hasn't. Like, like the Dodgers, the Dodgers in six, Steve, before the series started tonight, was plus 380. So now it's plus 230. So I guess, yeah, I guess that that's a drop-off. But, you know, like the, the Dodgers in seven is still uh, still plus, uh, or the series to go, and I shouldn't even say the Dodgers, like the series to go uh, six games is still plus 230. So, like the series, the, the props haven't moved that much, even though the Dodgers have moved a lot, Steve, if I said that properly. <laughs> Yeah, and just uh, that sweep prop I thought was interesting because I was like, man, that seems pretty high. You know, the Dodgers to win the next three at four to one. But then if you look, I just figured out the true odds. If you say uh, minus 160, 150 tonight, tomorrow's line is about minus 150, 140 range. So just say that the true odds for each game is roughly like minus 140 for the Dodgers to win, minus 145 or so. Um, For them to win three straight as a favorite of that range would be 20%. So that's one in five. So the true odds of the Dodgers sweep is five to one. 
So a 20% chance they win the next three. So they're skewing the payoff a little bit as they should. So those odds are pretty accurate. Not bad, though. Um, the it's price looks bad. pretty big, you know. Yeah, but I mean, it's pretty much where it should. But the minus 370 um, to win the series looks big to me. But then you think, well, they were minus 210 tonight, and they have a 1-0 lead now. So that's probably about right as well. Um, what I was going to point out, Gabe, before we had the commercial break was that I did the MLB show today for Wager Talk uh, TV, and we broke everything down. And one thing about Tampa, which was surprising me, I like to look at road stats only because it takes away the hitter-friendly parks because they play at all different fields. I used all of baseball's regular season games, all 60 games, road numbers only. Uh, the Rays and Dodgers were within a few of each other in home runs ranking. Um, the Rays actually had a better batting average this year than the Dodgers, surprisingly. The Dodgers had a slightly better slugging and on-base and OPS. But then you figure that Tampa played the tougher schedule being in the East against the AL and NL East, whereas the Dodgers had a much weaker schedule. You could almost make an argument those numbers are pretty similar. But what jumps out to me is just, once again, the consistency of the Dodgers. Eight of their last nine games entering tonight, they'd had nine hits or more. Eight of the last nine Tampa games in the playoffs, they'd had seven hits or less. You know, So Tampa just does not hit the ball well. They haven't been for a couple weeks now. They get by with that strong pitching and occasional solo home run like they had tonight and a great bullpen, but they just don't have enough firepower, I think, to stay with the Dodgers, especially, you know, in a seven-game series. Uh, I agree. I think exactly the offense is, is going to be the difference. And, uh, Steve, so we have access to the FanDuel, uh, the FanDuel um, data and action that they take. So I talked about this before the game, and I found, I found it to be fascinating. So FanDuel is, um, there's legalized sports betting and FanDuel are in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Indiana, Colorado, Iowa, and Illinois. Out of all, out of all the states, out of all the states, only, only one, only one was betting on the race. All right. Only one was betting on the race to, uh, to win. Uh, the the series, and that was Illinois. But 67% of people in West Virginia took the Dodgers to win, all right, the series. But so basically, Steve, you know, New Jersey was 50, New, New Jersey, New York was 57%. Pennsylvania betters, 51% Dodgers. West Virginia, 67% Dodgers. Uh, Indiana, 51% Dodgers. Colorado, 58% Dodgers. Iowa, 55% Dodgers. This is the this was like to win the series, and Illinois was a fifty four percent of batters at FanDuel in the state of Illinois took the Rays uh, to win the series. But Steve, in every market, in every market except West Virginia, and I'm going to give West Virginians credit, Steve. I'm going to tell you they might be the sharpest state in the union because they're the only ones tonight. Like uh, New Jersey, New York, seventy three percent of the action tonight was on the Rays. 73% of the action of Pennsylvania, Tampa. 66% of the action, West Virginia, was on the Rays, even though 67% of the future market were on the Dodgers. Uh, 78% of people in Indiana at FanDuel bet on the Rays tonight. 80% of people in Colorado bet on the Rays tonight, even though 58% of people in Colorado bet on the Dodgers to win. I just find it fascinating, the, the dichotomy. There's our favorite word, Steve. Ding, 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 the word of the night. Dichotomy. Mm-hmm. Was all of this the lack of confidence in Clayton Kershaw? Yeah, it's a combination of things. I mean, you know, we always talk about how the public in general plays favorites. 
Um, however, when it comes to like big games like the Super Bowl, we often see them on underdogs. In the NCAA tournament, we often see them on dogs more. The reason being the public plays favorites, but it's because they play good teams. And when you get to this late in any postseason round, the, the underdog is also a good team. So the public's like, wow, I can get a good team as an underdog. Now I'm an underdog better. And then you amplify that with the money line. The public doesn't like to lay a lot of juice. And tonight's game was right around that cutoff range of minus 160 or yeah. so, Gabe, you know, where they don't like <laughs> to lay more than that. Um, and that's the same thing with that series price. So I think that's part of the reason. But, hey, it's a, you know me. I mean, I'll use the other favorite Pee Wee's Playhouse word, and that's consensus, public consensus, as you know, on the show. Um, whenever the consensus is on the underdog in a game, any sport, that's a red flag. And it obviously turned out to be one tonight. Um, on that series price, so if you think about it, Gabe, they're a two-to-one favor coming in. The Dodgers, you know, rough, roughly minus 210, take back plus 170. That translates to about 65%. So 65% of the better should be on the Dodgers. So I'm actually surprised it wasn't higher in those other states like it was in West Virginia where it pretty much should be. You know, they have series correct score after three games in which they're pretty much setting up the parlay for you. You know, like the Dodgers to be up three games to none plus 185. Dodgers to be up two games to one minus 120. Rays to be up two games to one plus 370. So Snell goes, um, Snell goes for, for the Rays. And, you know, as you talked about, Steve, like the, the Rays have good pitching. They're going to sort of keep them in it. But the Dodgers just are ruthless at the plate. And even though the Rays pitchers are, are good, they're not good enough to just shut the Dodgers down, I don't think, like four times out of seven games uh, in a series. I think, you know, I, I tweeted out earlier, to me it has the feel, Steve, of like uh, one of the Super Bowls where, you know, you just sort of see in the first quarter the uh, one team's a lot better than the other one. And, you know, if you're on Tampa, you realize you're on the wrong side. Like, I sort of feel like I remember Seattle and Denver when Peyton Manning, remember they fumbled the, the first, there was a safety on the first damn play of the game. <laughs> That's how I feel right now. Like I wouldn't be surprised if the Dodgers win this in like four or five at this point. I'll, I'll tell you what's interesting actually is that Tampa up two one because, you know, once again, I said the math, you know, say this is a dollar 40 favor for the next three games. That would give the Dodgers a 20% chance of winning three straight. Um, Tampa is a dollar 40 underdog for the next two games would have about an 18% chance to win both. Um, you know, so that's one to five. So plus 370, very similar to that four to one for the Dodgers to sweep. They're both right on course with what they should be. Um, Dodgers 3-0 series lead would be uh, basically 58% times 58%. So once again, for them to win the next two games um, would come out to about 33%. Um, so those true odds should be 300. They're paying plus 185. So I think FanDuel's spot on with these odds uh, pretty much where they should be. Well, Clayton Kershaw gets criticized often, uh, but people have to, uh, you know, you got to tip your cap to him. He pitched well this evening, but it's amazing. We were talking earlier, Steve, about how, you know, losing, losing upsets you more than the joy of winning. But we see with sports fans and uh, being the, uh, the tool douchebags that they are in which they're quick to criticize and they'll jump up and down and laugh and do their stupid tweets and stuff when a player struggles. But, you know, I don't see Twitter right now. Like, put it this way. Clayton Kershaw is not trending right now, Steve, on Twitter, okay? And, let's see, he didn't pitch a no-hitter. I totally get it. He didn't pitch a no-hitter, but he went six, six in a third, one run, World Series game. If Clayton Kershaw would have given up, like, three, he gave up three runs in his last start and Twitter lights up, Steve. 
it just goes to show like just the stupidity of the the modern fan or the modern idiot out there. But they'll never give credit after Steve. They'll they'll rip a guy, but they'll never say after. Hey, look like Kershaw should be trending right now. Hey, good for Kershaw. Wins a big World Series game. Uh, but no, no, just no mention, right? Because they'd rather not bring up the fact that they're tools and they're wrong. But that's that's the thing that really bothers me about the modern sports fan, Merrill. Well, yeah, I mean, he had a great outing. One earned run, six innings, only allowed two hits. He had eight strikeouts. However, I will say this. I think you're you're right about what you're saying, but also – He's been so great in his career, it's kind of like that's a normal outing for him. You know, I think if it had been the number five starter who had never made a postseason start before and he had, you know, a start like that, then it would be an issue because that's what Kershaw should be doing. He's that good. But he hasn't done that a lot in the playoffs. He's obviously not performed as well in the postseason as the regular season. Yet with that said, Gabe, I was surprised tonight to see him become the second most strikeouts in Major League Baseball postseason history. Yeah. So um, he's yeah. second on the list. He's like three or four away from all time. And, as much as he struggled at times, it shows he still had a lot of good starts as well. Yeah, well, that's funny, Steve. Yeah, for a guy that struggled, uh, what a loser. Yeah, he's second all time, right? A major league base. Yeah, uh, what a what a loser, right? Like, yeah, uh, you know, I don't know. I think the losers are the ones on their couch uh, at their house on Twitter. Uh, but uh, that, that's just me. Steve Merrill kicking with us. All right, Steve. Get your boxing gloves. I'm going to get into the. Uh, we're, we're going to get to the hot seat. Controversial, controversial topics coming up. <laughs> uh oh. Uh, well, can Washington pick a name and figure it out? Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Let me get this straight. You took all the money you made franchising your name and bid it against the Harlem Globetrotters? Oh, I thought the generals were due. <laughs> He's spinning the ball on his finger. Just take it. Take the ball. That game was fixed. They were using a freaking ladder, for God's sakes. Sports Rage Late Night continues. Time Marenzi. Crusty to clown. Um... All right, great, great stuff. Thank you, Krusty. Uh, Steve Merrill uh, joining us right now. Wager Talk uh, in the house. WagerTalk.com. Wager Talk TV. Check it out on YouTube. Check it out on their website. Check out uh, ProSportsInfo.com. Uh, Follow Steve on Twitter. Great info on Twitter as well. So, uh, Steve, a lot, a lot of stuff I want to get to you, uh, get to with you. And I don't, I don't really. We're not going to get into. Um, well, I say anything, we're not going to get into politics, but I'm about to bring up the presidential odds, so we're going to get into politics. But I don't like doing this. Only because our chat always blows up with stupidity, right? Like, people aren't adults enough, Steve, for us just to talk about odds without it, like, <laughs> wow, just, you know what I mean? Like, no, like, if we talk, like, if you like a bet and you talk about odds, it doesn't mean you're endorsing somebody on either side. Like, I don't understand what people don't get about that. It's a bet, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's a bet. So it's, it's pretty simple. Uh, but anyways... I find it fascinating that the, the, the numbers have been bouncing around a lot in the last couple of days, you know, so international for recreational purposes, of course, for many people, 
Um, so um, it went up to like Biden minus 190. And for me personally, I just think it's crazy because not like Trump's having a great couple of days here, yet the number came all the way down. I saw a story on Politico about how, you know, number drops and Trump had the best odds that he's had in weeks, actually, in which Biden was down to like a buck 40 or so, a buck 45. Now I'm seeing minus 170s or so, Steve. Yeah, I mean, I think all along the only way you play this is the underdog, whether it's Biden or Trump. I don't think Biden will ever be an underdog again with, what, two or three weeks to go. So, I mean, that's, you know, it's basically Trump or you don't play it. Um, I can make an argument why I could go both ways. And just a disclaimer, I'm a great handicapper and I follow government and politics pretty closely. I'm the world's worst political handicapper in the history of mankind. Um I thought Trump had no chance in 2016 that the day of the election. The betting market said 84 percent Hillary. And, um, you know, so in hindsight, you know, if he could beat her when he only had a 16 percent chance, the polls were obviously extremely wrong in 2016. I don't necessarily think these odds are any more accurate this year. I'm not sure what's changed. I think the polls could be extremely off again. Um, so that's why I think he's worth a look at the plus money price. But that'd be the only way to play it. Um, I personally probably would not play it for the reason we've talked about, Gabe, is that there's going to be so much uncertainty with who really wins, how it's decided, which judicial system and which state decides it. I just wouldn't want my money tied up with all that uncertainty. I don't think it's worth it. But if you are going to play it, um, I think taking the plus money is the only way to go right now. Yeah, you know, I saw I was I was considering I was thinking about the favorite because I'm thinking I think he's going to win. But. Then I see a story, Steve, and I just, I haven't clicked it. As you say, I see a story, oh, Pennsylvania, they just allowed that they're going to count, like, votes for, like, I don't know, like, a week after or something, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, late late arrivals. And there's just so much. And tw- the way 2020 is, like you said, I just it's going to drag on. It's going to end up in a court, maybe. Who knows what's going to happen? It's not a game where there's just going to be a winner uh, at the end of the night, but Everything, everything is political, Steve, and I bring it up only because of of the um, the Buck stuff. I was actually going to bring up the election, but the Joe Buck stuff. I saw Joe Buck was trending again tonight on Twitter, and Joe Buck, Joe Buck's hated more than like uh, you know Joe Buck, dude. Like this guy, every 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 time he does a game, he's trending about something. So people are all over this guy all the time, and tonight they're trending because uh, over the weekend, I guess people are just starting to find out over the weekend. During the um, the Buccaneers and the Packers game, before the game, there uh, there was hot mic. All right? Hot mics are a theme of the year this year. All right, so everyone needs hot mics. So there's hot mics before the game. Aikman and Buck basically mocked the flyover. There was a military flyover. They didn't mock the military though. They didn't say, "Oh, like anything about the military." But Troy Aikman, the the, the plane flew over, and Troy Aikman said. Uh, said, oh, great, military, he goes, flyover. And uh, he said, what a waste of money. And that's what he said. He said, pretty much, that, what a waste of money. And he said, you know, it costs like $60,000 for one of those planes, like an hour. And he said to Buck, and Buck said, well, our tax dollars at work. And then Aikman started laughing. He goes, well, I'll tell you, if Biden and Kamala win, we ain't going to have any more of this stuff. And then they're back out of the mic. <laughs> And, of course, now people are taking it like, you know, like um, that, like Aikman somehow endorsed, like is pulling for Biden and Kamala. But I don't I don't I don't see it like that. He's joking around. They're they're joking. 
There was nothing insulting about anything they said. So I don't understand why people are offended. And it is stupid to have a flyover, guys, for a regular season football game when there's like 13% capacity in the stadium, Steve. Come on, man. Save this crap for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, it's like having a flyover when the dome is shut, you know? I mean, I, I agree with what he was saying. I think that's what his point was. You know what I mean? It's like the stadium's empty. I'm sure he's frustrated by that, by the way. As a player and an announcer, I'm sure he hates seeing these stadiums empty. And then to have a flyover, you're kind of like, what are they doing? I mean, that's how I took it. Um, and then the more I thought about it, Gabe, and I actually looked it up during the commercial break because I already kind of thought this was the case because I was like, yeah, what a waste of money when there's no fans there. But then I was like, you know what? I think they use it for training. And just as we were talking, I did confirm that um, the Navy spokesman did say that they're not at the cost because they're using it for training needs and proficiency requirements. So it's kind of like when they run the fire trucks and everything else, you know, with the ambulances and stuff. They got to so, get their freaking fire that miles. The pilots got to get their miles in, Steve. You're right. Yeah. Stuff like that, training, and you're, you're right. And I'm, I'm near some Air Force bases here on the East Coast, and we see them flying over all the time. So I do think there's something to that. But I get where Aikman was coming from. It, look, Gabe, you and I, we don't rattle easy. And if we'd heard that, we would have kind of laughed it off or not even ignored it. We probably would have ignored it or laughed it off. But we have such a hypersensitive culture, like you just said, you know, people sitting in their basements on their couches uh, with nothing better to do. Um, I just can't get into that, but that's the society we live in now. It's instant gratification. Everything's, you know, mainstream hot mics, 15 second clips, like you said. Yeah, but that's the thing, Steve. Exactly. Like my, my, that's the stupidity of people that get to me that, all right, you want, you want to have a debate about the, the flyovers and how much it costs. And as you stated, the training and everything. And for the record, I'm not anti it, but at the same point in time, when the stadiums are empty and stuff, anyways, but the thing is, and he didn't endorse. He didn't say like, "Oh, f Trump" or "f the Miller." Like he didn't. They didn't insult anybody, Steve. That's the whole point, right? But somehow, like one side or the other, yeah. always has to be offended. <laughs> like, like, oh, it's offended. Oh, how did? Why? Oh, he must be pulling for Biden. He didn't say I'm pulling for Biden. He goes, "I tell you, if Kamala and Biden win, I bet you there ain't flyovers anymore." And they started laughing. It was a joke, Steve. Right? Like, they're joking. Like, I don't know. Like, people are are people yeah. are adult enough just to realize. Like you said, not everything is an outrage. These guys were just talking and made a couple of jokes to each other. It wasn't like the Brenneman guy talking about gay people negatively. You know what I mean? They were just, it was nothing, Steve. I, I don't know what the outrage is about. Yeah, for me, everything in life's about its intent. You know, your actions speak louder than words. I believe in that big time. And when someone says something, they didn't have any ill intent behind it. Maybe it didn't come out right or it's not perceived right. But I don't think Aikman's hating anybody there. I don't think he's hating the military. I don't think he's hating either political party. Who cares, you know? And it's just it's, people are just looking for stuff to be, I don't know. Misery loves company is another great saying, yeah. Gabe. I think that really yeah, applies to a lot of aspects of life, especially in 2020. It's draining, though. There's the constant negativity. You're going to like this, Steve. And I know I won't hold it against you for not knowing. But I, I see on Twitter Aisha Curry, Steph Curry's wife. Steph Curry's wife is trending, all right? I see, like, Curry and Aisha Curry and stuff, and I'm like, oh, what happened? You know what I mean? So I, I click it. They're outraged, Steve, that she dyed her hair blonde because, you know, she's not rapping. What, are you trying to look white? And why, you, why is your hair blonde? And, like, you know, you were beautiful the way before. The poor girl, bro. You know, I don't know. Newsflash. Women change their hair colors, guys. You know what I'm saying? So... Like, dude, she got attacked, like, all day. Like, she got attacked all day. Um, you know, like, I, there was another one, Steve, I brought, uh, I saw last week. And Adam Schefter, 
Adam Schefter tweeted out, Steve, last week. He said, we're exactly three weeks away from a really big day that could uh, have a major impact for years to come. And then dot, 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 NFL trade deadline day. Ha, 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 right? <laughs> right? So it's like, you know what I mean? The election. Deadspin wrote an article about how that. I think that's actually that, pretty that, good. I like that. Yeah, exactly. You know, Steve, I thought it was cheesy, but I gave him credit. I was like, ah, oh, Schefter's got to see. He's trying. You know what I mean? Like, tweeted out. Yeah, he said, to we're three weeks up. away from a, a big day that. that'll yeah. impact things for years to come. You know, dot, dot. He stretched it out. NFL trade deadline day. And some people thought it was yeah. funny. Ha, ha, Deadspin, the website, Steve, wrote an article on the front page about how it was classic white privilege. <laughs> Oh God! They said they said while well, people struggle and there's Black Lives Matter protests and people have COVID and the election is the biggest election of our lives. He's joking about football. Only a white person living in a in a cushy. And I'm thinking, oh God. And Steve, you know, I'm pretty yeah, uh, I'm pretty socially sick. conscious. Like I'm like I don't even know if I'm gonna come back to your website after this, guys. You, you call Adam Schefter white privilege because he jokes about the NFL dropping the election. Come on, guys. Like, can we? Can everyone chill out, Steve? Please. Like Rodney King said, he got beat up by the cops. He even said, "People, can we just get along?" <laughs> like, it's up silly. Can you believe I'll that, tell Steve? You, Gabe, it goes back to what I said a minute ago. But it goes back to what I said. Both of these examples: misery loves company. These people making fun of Curry's wife because she dyed her hair blonde are sad sacks in life, and they want to feel better about themselves by taking it on to somebody who's got a better life than them and is more famous than them. That's all you yeah. can say. I mean, I didn't see that story, nor would I have cared about that story. Exactly. Had I seen it, I probably would have said, oh, that looks weird. I wouldn't have done that. But I wouldn't have, like, thought less of her. I mean, if anything, it's like, if it doesn't look good, she's hurting her own image. So what do you care? You know, it's like, if, if you want to get back at you, you should be glad she did it. That's what I don't get well, it. It's just they're sad, pathetic people, and there's a lot of them out there, and you just can't let them bring you down. The thing is, yeah, it's to the point where you people are you're sort of better off and I used to watch a lot of cable news, Steve, and I don't now. Even though there's an election and everything, like I don't, I don't care. Like I just don't. Like you said, like it does doesn't wears you out. Doesn't do wears doesn't you do out. anything. Yeah, it doesn't do anything positive for you, Steve. You know what I mean? What am I gaining from watching the negativity of this crap? And I had a guy on Steve. He's um, Russell Wilson's uh, motivator, and he also University of Alabama. And I interviewed him in studio. He gave me his book and stuff. And he talked about, like, the whole – it's not the cheese stuff about positivity. I mean, it's real. Like, Nick Saban – he's on Nick Saban's payroll, Steve. You know what I mean? But he basically said – I told him – you know, he, I was talking to him. He told me. He goes, the number one key? He said, don't watch TV, man. He said, whatever you do, don't watch the news. He said, news is the most draining – cable news is the most draining negative thing. And psychologically, it'll anger you and scar you one way or the other. And I just saw another psychological study about it. People don't realize it, but people that watch it, Steve, they're addicted to it, right? They're addicted to chaos. They're addicted to, yeah. oh, did you see it? What about the emails? Oh, did you see the laptop? It's like it's meaningless because they have nothing in their own lives. It's all pointless crap. We'll wrap up with Steve on the other side. Sports 
betonline.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Marenzi. Not good, though. Sports Rage, late night. Level one winding down. And quick, uh, quick ass hour. Los Angeles Dodgers take game one of the World Series. Going to break it down in level two. Steve Merrill, uh, kick it with us uh, right now. So, uh, Steve, last thing on the way out here, I see your football team, Washington. They pretty much just announced. They said, "Oh yeah." So, uh, by the way, uh, looks like uh, next year will be called the Washington Football Team too. <laughs> and they're using the old. Uh, oh, they're such well, idiots, it's not. I swear. It's not easy to come up. It's not easy to brand. And, like, I don't know, dude. Like, does Snyder think we're stupid? Is he going to wait this out and a new name's going to be the Redskins? Like, how hard is this, Merrill? Like, everything they do, bro, they screw up. Like, we gave them a grace period this year. No, 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 not next year, Steve. Like, they did the next year and in two years? Come on. The Raiders built a stadium in Vegas quicker than these losers can come up with a name, Steve. Yeah, I mean, you know how I feel about this. I think Red Tails is a slam dunk. We've talked about it numerous times here on the show. And this past Sunday afternoon, I was having a talk with somebody who was a Patriots fan, just kind of a casual, you know, football conversation. I was somehow I grew up a Redskin fan, and now it was kind of easy to stop rooting for him over the last 20 years. It didn't even occur to me until like 10 minutes after the conversation that I was saying Redskins the whole time. Although, I guess in my defense, they were the Redskins all those years I was talking about because I have disowned them. But then that this whole Washington football team and as a handicapper, it's, it's a real pain in the neck, you know, because like, I'll put team nicknames on doing game analysis or write-ups and I basically just have to call them Washington. I'm not going to put the football team. It's idiotic. And um, it really perturbs me more than ever that they're doing this. And I saw that red tails movie a few weeks ago, as I told you, I recommend anybody who hasn't seen it to watch it. It's got some of the history of the airmen. It's a slam dunk. It's a no brainer. I don't know if that guy's still trying to extort him for the copyrights, but apparently he's not holding out for that much. Plus, I mean, how much, you know, they can't shell out 50 grand to get the name from somebody when they're wasting millions on a weekly basis. So yet, yet another yeah, exactly. reason not to root for them. And by the way, uh, uh, Cardell Jones was Snyder's guy. Don't forget in the draft and he's turned out real good. Yeah. Um, or Dwayne Haskins, <laughs> Dwayne Haskins, another Ohio state. Oh, I'm sorry. That's a Cardell Jones. I meant Haskins. Yeah, I mean, I mean uh, Haskins. You know, they might have been better Dwayne, off with Cardell. <laughs> Dwayne Haskins, yeah, is sort of following in the path of Cardell Jones right now uh, at this rate. But, yeah, the Red Tails, it's crazy because normally it'd be difficult and awkward. It'd be like, wow, well, yeah, they were Redskins before, but now they're called this, and it's kind of whatever. This, it like, you fall ass backwards into this, Steve, into the Red Tails. You know what I mean? It's just so like, easy, perfect, like everything – so I guess like it's too simple for Snyder. Uh, I'm assuming. Like I guess out of spite, <laughs> yeah. I guess out of spite, he doesn't want to do it. You know, like um, or he doesn't want to name him after a bunch of black guys. Like I, I don't know because like I said, this like, it's a slam dunk, bro. It's not rocket science. This like, but whatever. That's the Washington football team for you. <laughs> now you see Snyder's getting sued or something. Supposedly told there's a. Uh, Told someone to make sure the cheerleaders remain skinny. Wager talk, Steve Barrow. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, Steve.